0: Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that brings you one saucy medieval tale after another. I am Cleopathenu, medievalist and storyteller, and before I dive with you in the pits of the most obscene comedy of the Middle Ages, I am going to warn you. Today's story was written several hundred years ago, which means that it is quite outdated and as a result it is misogynistic, gender binary, violent, ableist, Disturbing in many ways and those people genuinely do not have a concept of consent This is something that I want to focus on particularly for today because it's not entirely sure in the story who has agency over what And so I don't want you to freak out very much when we get to the nasty bits If this is something that you do not feel that you can deal with today, then that's absolutely fine. Come back on another day If you're fine with this and you can consume this content in context, then let's go and find out what happened to Brother Denise. They say that a monk is not made by his habit and that not everything that shines is gold. And thus I'm going to start my story by telling you about the most pretty girl in the world. She was definitely the prettiest one you would find if you decided to go from England to France. You could walk all streets, all roads, all pathways, and never find anyone who will be prettier. No less than 20 men had asked her for a bride, because aside from being ridiculously pretty, she was also quite well off and came with a considerable dowry. But she didn't want any of them. Not because she was cornful, not because she was snubbish but because she had pledged her virginity to God. This much to the sorrow of her mother, who had big plans for her and really wanted to see her married off to a really good match. Since they were a really good household and she lived just with her mother, it was often in her house that you could find Franciscan monks to find shelter for the night. By some weird twist of bad fate, a bad friar showed up one day. The friar was smitten as soon as he saw the girl he was taken aback by her beauty and it was all he could think about so he started talking to her and told her my child have you considered a life alongside god if you had thought of following the rule of saint francis you could come with us and you would become a saint without fail is that so said the girl most certainly And being a novice is the best thing that can happen to you. I should know. I was a novice once, and I wish I could be again. That way the friar spoke, and thus gave her all the answers she wanted to hear, and all the answers he wanted her to hear. And so, slowly, he convinced her. She told him that her mother wanted her to marry, but she didn't want to marry any man because she wanted to promise herself to God and preserve her virginity like Mary. Then there's no better place for you than a house of God, said the friar. Oh, if I could, I would place you in an order now. If you promise to keep your virginity and never ever give yourself to a man, I'll swear you into the Franciscans just now. The girl didn't know any better, and so they made an agreement with the friar. And he told her not to speak of this to anyone, but cut off her beautiful hair and create a tonsure on her head to find a suit of clothes worthy of a monk, and when the appropriate time comes, to go find him in a certain place a few days from now. And then he left. She was crying bitter tears to see him go away, because she was certain that this man was the key to the salvation of her soul— He was crying bitter tears to go away because he really couldn't wait to see her again. She was expecting this to be the life that she always hoped for. He knew her to be the woman he has always hoped for. As the days passed, the friar could not bring his mind out of the lecherous thoughts that were filling his head. And she, she was preparing for a life of sainthood. And when the days had gone by, she left the house in secret, leaving her mother behind Grieving and heartbroken, she cut her hair, took the habit of a monk, and went to the appointed place. The friar guided by the Antichrist was certainly waiting for her, and once he observed her disguise and made sure that she does indeed look like a boy, he took her into his order, telling everyone that this is the new novice. No one suspected anything. He was taking her into church and had her read the Psalter, and she had... Really good voice, so she could sing all the hymns and all the prayers, and everyone rejoiced at the beauty and sweetness of her singing. She behaved very properly too, and worked hard, worked really hard. The friar didn't even change her name. He kept calling her Brother Denise. What more is there to say? Slowly, but thoroughly, the friar introduced the girl to what he explained to her was... The duties of a novice, and very soon he was one to be working very hard as well, working hard as an ox, and as they moved on with their lessons he taught her to say his lord's prayer. Very soon she would follow him everywhere, for he had also sworn her to secrecy, so going away from him would risk revealing that secret. So joining him in everything he did, they roamed the countryside. And soon they found themselves close to a knight's castle, and he was famous, the knight, for his wine cellar, not something our friar could resist. They went to seek for shelter, and they were admitted happily. As they were sitting around the table, eating and drinking, the knight's wife observed something strange about Brother Denise. Discreetly, she approached her husband. Could you do me a favour? she asked could you take this friar with you because I would like to be alone with brother Denise, I would like him to hear my confession. The friar was alert. I can hear your confession, lady. he said. Brother Denise is not yet worthy of such mysteries. No, this will not work and you have no right to deny me my confession, she said. You'll stay with my husband and brother Denise is going to hear my confession and that is going to be that. There's not much the friar can do, And so the lady takes Denise by the hand and leads her up into her chambers. And as soon as the door closes behind them, she asks her, My poor girl, who did this to you? Who told you you have to serve the church like this? The girl tried to explain that she did not want to marry. She did not want to give herself to any man. She wanted to give herself to God. And the lady tries to explain back that this is not what she thinks it is, that is not what novices do, and this is not her giving herself to God, this is her being taken advantage of really, really badly. The girl burst into tears and the lady hugged her, consoled her and asked her for her real name. And thus the girl told her the whole story, how the friar lured her from her mother's arms and into the lecher's life of false sainthood that he promised to her. The lady called the friar back, and her husband too. And before the friar could breathe in, she lashed at him in the most furious attack ever heaped on a man. You hypocrite! You charlatan! You false, filthy man! What have you done? You dare. You dare roam the country and judge everyone and ask them to forfeit the simplest pleasures of life. You judge us for having wine. You judge us for having minstrels and enjoying music and in the meantime what do you do? The friar tried to defend himself but she would not have it and neither would the knight. So they brought a huge chest and threatened to lock the friar in. The ridiculous man fell on his knees and prayed for forgiveness. The knight took pity of him, as men do. And he stepped in and said, Look, I'll save you this punishment, but you will need to provide for this girl. Procure 400 pounds to serve as her dowry so that she gets married off to a nice man. Disappear from here and let me never see your face again. Oh, the friar jumped with joy. And yes, yes, he would bring the money. And yes, he knew where to find it. Of course he did. He works in church. The lady didn't even leave him lay his eyes on the girl ever again. And before he was even far away, she had the girl bathed and clothed in a new dress and sent for her mother, who had been dying with grief all this time. When her mother arrived, she fell on her arms crying, and the lady explained to the mother that the daughter had taken refuge in a female-only monastery, Where there are no men allowed, nothing untoward happened at any point, she doesn't know what a man is, no, really, and her honour is intact. She just wanted to be closer to God. And then the lady told Denise, When your dowry's here, I'm going to find you a husband. And we're going to find him together. Because I'm not going to marry you off to a man that you don't like. I think you've had enough of that. For a time, Denise and her mother stayed with the knight and his wife, It wasn't too long until they got her dowry paid by the monk, and it wasn't much longer until they had her, with her consent, betrothed and married to a knight who'd loved her well and had been her suitor in the past. She was Madame Denise, at last, with more honour accorded her than when she was a monk roaming the land. Story of Brother Denise. Now you'll ask me, is this a funny story? No, not particularly. Not all Fablio are incredibly funny, some of them are just there for the entertainment factor. If you want to talk about why that is, how that is, I have put links to the Court Jester's social media in the show notes. I have also put links to the translation that I'm using and to the title music. The Court Jester is a labour of love. The labour of a medievalist and storyteller, me. If you like what you hear, consider following the podcast on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts and tell everyone you know. If you feel so inclined, you can also support the podcast on Patreon, which will give me a huge sense of achievement and it will give you bonus episodes and other good things. But mostly, it will give me the ability to bring you more stories of the Middle Ages.